Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listener and welcome to the penultimate episode of the season of the From the Finney podcast with just Jimmy and me, Jake. We'll discuss our last game of the season against Forest. We've got a few different questions and different talking points to go through, as well as a few other bits and bobs, so enjoy. Well, Jim, we've made it. This is uh, the end of what feels like probably, well, definitely the longest season ever for me. I don't know about you. It's been a, a long old drag, hasn't it? Yeah. Especially before Christmas, then. So we had about two months, didn't we? Ish of like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Well, or Saturday, Wednesday, however you look at it. But it was just, yeah. It's just been a long slog, hasn't it? You know, like. It's been fun, hasn't it? But. Has it? Yeah. Has it been fun? Yeah. I love back at it. Yeah, we've had some laughs, haven't we? But like, there's been some days where you just think. Do we really have to do a pod? The last thing I can be asked doing. Yeah, especially in the dark days, it was a little bit um, tedious, I think it's probably the best way to describe it. I think I I said it a few weeks ago, I think the worst time for me was probably around the time of the Blackburn defeat. Oh God, don't. I don't remind me about that. But didn't we go and beat Bournemouth like a week later? On the, the following Tuesday? Yes. So it just turned around really quickly in terms of like feeling because we went to Bournemouth thinking we're going to get an absolute pasting, and then we ended up going three 0 up. Like, how have we done that? And then nearly threw it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this rounds up our season, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, pretty much. What could it? What could have been? I know it was. But, it was Rovers. Then we played. We got pumped four one by Watford. <laughs> then, then we beat Bournemouth. And then we drew two two with Wickham, and then we beat Borough three 0 and then that nine 3-0 by Luton. Like what? Mate, just what a strange two weeks that was. It's such a shame that that ninety second minute own goal by Wickham ultimately, if you will have sent them down. I said that yesterday. That's how cl- that's how close they were to staying up. You know, this is a team that's got like a bottom end League One budget, has massively punched above the weight all season. And, a top and end a- League Two budget. Well, yeah, but they've probably got a smaller budget than Salford, you know, mm-hmm. who haven't even finished in the playoffs in League Two. In fairness, and, I think Aki have got a smaller budget than Salford. Well, not going to shop in what they finished eleventh, is it? Yeah, league one, high, highest ever Good. finish in uh, in the football league. It's fair place for them to be fair since like nineteen sixty eight or something. Basically, nice. since they returned to the football league, it was. You doing research? That's a that's no, a that's a just, novel. Just browsing Twitter. Oh yeah, not fair play. I, I wasn't certainly wasn't researching Aki Stanley anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah before we crack on properly uh, just a reminder as always as I've done throughout the season uh, that you can support us here at From the Finney Um, yeah anything that we've received through the season has been massively appreciated obviously we got a significant donation that has already secured next season um, pretty much so yeah if you you want to help us out with a a donation you can head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and yeah like i said anything that that comes our way is massively appreciated and 
as always, every week as well. If you're listening on an, app, on an Apple device, then head over to the Apple Podcast app and we'd massively appreciate if you could leave us a review. I don't know if you've noticed, Jim, but we're back up to five stars now instead of 4.9. Decent. I'm happy with that. I had a little celebration before when I saw it and my missus shit herself. Ah, uh, great. So someone's probably going to put one star in now just to... Uh, <laughs> probably. Just to wind I know up. you. Yeah. Yeah, just on uh, what you said before, mate, though, I about it just being a long drag. It's 56 games we've played in 46 weeks and we've done a podcast pretty much after every single one of them games. Like, There's only the other week when we just combined two games into one. And yeah, because of the bank holiday. And I think over it, Christmas as well, we did it with Boxing Day. Yeah. So, so barring lot. those two, that's like near enough one, one a game. It's a lot of nattering, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> but... In we're fairness, done. If, we're nearly, if there's well, two people done. in Preston that could talk the hind legs, hind legs off a donkey, I think it's me and you. Yeah, no <laughs> comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've um, had fun. We've yeah, had fun. it's been a good laugh. It's been a good laugh. Lots of ups and downs, obviously. Sad to see Ollie leave, but for the three quarters of the season that he was with us, it was great. Um We've had George with us. We've had Sal, who's been a, a massive, massive hit the last month. Uh, might have some more news on that in the coming weeks. Uh, we've had young Josh, who's written countless amounts of match previews for the website, been on the pod a couple of times. Uh, who else have we had? Jack, Jack Goodwin. Jack has been on. Really good. Uh, Ryan. Prob- Ryan probably really. another one that could talk the hind legs off a donkey is Jack. Yeah, yeah, we've had Ryan as well. Uh, we'll probably get him back on next season at some point. We've had Lady, um, Mel's, Mel's, Lauro, Sedgy. <laughs> Sorry, I just I never forget that night after deadline day when Lauro came on the podcast and just went, "What the fuck is that you're wearing on your head?" Yeah, well, he was right. Yeah, well, less said about that. It's nice, but it was better than my blonde hair. Anyway. Yeah, Sedgy as well. Uh, who else have we had? Kieran, Jesus, yeah. Kieran Maguire. Oh, buzz off Kieran. Uh, what a guy. He's been getting stick off Derby fans this weekend, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. <laughs> For his, um, he's just being honest about Eric Garcia and the, the fact that he's probably not got a penny to his name as 28-year-old who's failed in his bid to acquire the club because he doesn't have any money. And apparently it's Kieran Maguire's fault for highlighting that he's... Um, no money. <laughs> no money. <laughs> so, fuck's yeah. sake. Uh, that champagne stayed uncorked, hasn't it? It has, unfortunately, mate. Well, th- you never know. They might get a points deduction in the, in the coming weeks and they can uh, hopefully go down next year. But we'll come on to that next week, I think, when we uh, review the season. Yeah, joined by George, possibly Ollie, uh, and Luke as well. Luke from Lanks Live. Um, yeah, if I've forgotten anyone else, I apologise. Um, but yeah to everyone that's been on the pod and written stuff for the website massive massive thank you uh, I think uh, if people haven't already figured out after after next week's episode we're going to take a good few weeks off aren't we mate and recharge the batteries and whatnot. do some decorating <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's my summer mate I've got some decorating to do football to play so yeah I've got a lot of games to coach we're unbeaten still this season buzzing with that yeah nice. games played five wins and one draw um yeah Saturday 
To be fair, it was good good to end the season with a win. Can't really say much much more than that, can you? I scribbled on my notes, mate. I, th- I said it was a decent game for the end of the season. I thought mm. it was fairly open. I think first Com- half, Forrest shaded it and yeah. probably edged it. You know, Competitive they were, as well, which you don't always get. Yeah, I said on, on our preview, didn't I, that I like James Garner. I didn't expect him to put one in from 30 yards like he did. But good player. Mm. Um, good player, good finish. Yeah, I think that well, Chad's got that early chance, hasn't he, when there's a good ball in by Greg and their the keepers come out. Yeah, their keepers come out and misjudged it. And yeah. if it is the target, it's in the back of the net. But, I think you know, Brett, I think it's... Brett Omrod on comms was saying that um, it was like, the way Ched had timed his run, it almost like he was in front of it a little bit. So he's had to like yeah. arch a little bit backwards to, to get anything on it. And I think Brett even said, he said, I'm surprised he's got anything on it. Never mind, nearly hit the target with it. Yeah. Played by yesterday, Ched. But I'll come on in a bit. And um, I think with their goal, I've watched it about three or four times and it's tactically it's strange because Brownie gets drawn into the ball when it's out on the their left. So... Basically, Ledson's sitting as the holding midfielder. Yeah. So Brownie's gone across. He's he's sort of the way he should have played it is he should have been in between the two centre midfielders to, to cut that off. But he's actually he's got drawn to the ball, and yeah. then obviously the ball's been played out to Garner. Ledson's tried to charge it down. He's probably 15, 20 yards away to start with, and he's he's nearly got there. But it's such a good strike that nobody can do anything about that. You know, I, I that, didn't even move. Did didn't even move. You know, it's hit the back of the net by the time he's actually seen yeah. it. Yeah, I think so, I do think it took a slight deflection. It might have took a bit of a nick off Ledson, yeah. only a slight nick, but those sort of nicks can completely judge the trajectory of the ball for, for a keeper's point of view. So it only needs to be a, a foot different in terms of where it might have been to completely alter the way a keeper's going to have to die for it yeah. or try and judge it. So, look, you know, Forest were probably the better team first half. You know, Knockouts had a couple of efforts. Did, I don't think really the apart from a few long range efforts, they never really looked like troubling us, did they? They only had three shots on target. I mean, I, I watched um, Chris Hewton's interview this morning, and he said, "Oh, we had sixteen shots and all this, and he had sixteen shots, but we only had three on target, the same as us. You know, we had I think it was seven shots yesterday, three on target, and you know you can take pot shots from twenty thirty yards, but if they're missing the target, they're not actually working yeah. Iverson at all." So I thought I was a little bit disappointed in them going forward, in all honesty, because, you know, the amount of shots they were actually having to take outside the box showed what we actually did, you know, as compact back three. Absolutely. Taylor, Lewis, Graben, Knockart, Kravinovic. Um, Who else have they got up up there? Obviously, you mentioned Garner in midfield as well. Yeah. they've, They've got a lot of quality. Absolutely. But I think their season's been very disappointing from their perspective. You know, scoring less than a goal a game, you know, grabbing being their top scorer with six. You know, we think our... At least he was a top scorer in summit. I got something half right. Yeah, well, he didn't... It wasn't the league's top scorer, was he? <laughs> so, um, shout out to Ivan Tony, by the way. 31 goals is a cracking return. But let's not forget, he only scores pens and tappings. Yeah, he, he, he bit to someone, didn't he? On Twitter yesterday, I said that. Oh, did Or he? Instagram, I yeah. He that. said, for a guy that only scores... Um, tappings and pens or something like that and um, so he's, he's, yeah he bit yesterday but I thought we did alright I thought yeah. you know second half he's changed shape slightly hasn't he he's pulled Sinclair wider um, yeah Scotty left. definitely came into the game more in the second half didn't he he was yeah, a passenger he, in the first half 
pulled him left. It's like we went back to sort of the four two three one type of shape, um, but with three centre halves. So it was strange to try, to try and watch that because I was I'd, we had both games and we had that in the Chef Wednesday derby game on when I was watching yesterday and I was having a couple of beers. So I was like trying to work out what we'd done tactically different was a little bit difficult to start with. But it was really obvious from the get-go of the second half that Sinclair was pulling wider and creating giving us a lot more space. You know, so it left Ched one-on-one with Warrell or uh, MBSO, their two centre-halves, um, and he'd pit on to one of them. And it's really, for the first goal, it's a really clever little step over because Ledson's played the killer ball and it looks like it's gonna, Evans is just going to take a touch, but he steps over it. And the man goes with Evans' movement. Sinclair runs through and obviously Bayliss finishes it. For me, it's handball. Oh, it has hit his, it's hit his elbow, hasn't it? And, yeah. and I mean, I think I get why there was a lot of, I suppose, angst from the Forest players and coaching staff about why it had been given. I thought Darren Bond gave us a lot yesterday, to be fair mm. to him. He doesn't, he doesn't usually. No. Um, I think in, in defence of the officials, the linesman's not going to see it because it's on the other side. Line side. And without seeing the referee's angle, I would hazard a guess to say that there's probably a lot of bodies in the way that he's obviously missed it hitting his arm. Otherwise, mm. he does, for me, he gives a free kick. Yeah. But yeah, I thought Bayless was okay yesterday. Um, people, there's a lot of talk of him like playing fantastically well and all this. I didn't really see it as that. I thought that he looked a little bit short on match sharpness, to be fair, and speed at times. Which I thought he drifted a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. When he's not started the game for God knows how long. Um, when thought was he did... his last start? Was it Wickham in the Cup? Possibly. Not sure. I, I, I'd, I'd presume so. Um, but, yeah, I thought he, was, he looked okay. You know, and it's good ball in for the second goal. Um, if you watch his movement, he looks lost to start with. And then he just finds a little bit of a pocket of space. Yeah. The ball comes out to him. There's a good ball over to Chad, to be fair. You know, and obviously Lindsay finishes it off. Um, I think the biggest controversy with the second goal is the line has got his flag up from Brown being in a, an active position um, and interfering with play. Um, I think he impeded Christie with what Hewton said. So the line has got his flag up. Ref's playing on. Is he playing Obviously, on or does he not see it? Although I suppose they've got the headset. They might talk. They might talk. They'll be talking, yeah. So obviously he's got his flag in the air. Forrest sort of stop. Ball comes out to Bayliss and then obviously Ched's head across and it's in the back of the net. And I think I suppose it comes back to that age old saying of play to the whistle. Yeah. You know, because I get why Hewitt is saying both goals should be disallowed, but end of the day, if the referee interprets Brown <laughs> not being offside, then you've got to play to the whistle and they need to do better. You know, you can't just let Ched have a free head at the back post. Yeah, That's if that was criminal defending. If, if that was us, we'd, we, uh, we, well, and I wouldn't certainly be saying, oh, well, the ref, had, the liner had his flag up for offside. You just say, play on, play to the whistle. Because you're taught that from a young age and professional footballers should know better. But then again, you could argue that that's, a state of football at the minute as a result of VAR and all that shite. Yeah, and if we were in the ground, imagine if that had happened in front of Block H the Invincibles, he'd be getting absolutely barrels of that liner. Yeah. He'd be getting so he'd be getting plenty of grief Helpers. from from the characters that are in the Block H. Um so yeah. It's one of them. I was thought fair result in the end, possibly not. 
but you take I, a. I, I wouldn't have been disappointed with the draw, in all honesty. No, take a fourth win in a row. But, yeah, God. absolutely. Yeah, if someone had said to me that you'd have your best end of the season since 2008-2009, when we won the last four games of that season to get in the playoffs. With an interim coach. With Frankie in charge. After sacking Alex, when after losing at Luton, I'd have, I'd have thought you were absolutely off your heads, to be honest, because I didn't see where the next one was coming from. Never mind four in a row and five yeah. out of the eight. So, yeah, I thought we did okay. Um you know, clinical, which was the best thing for me. You know, the only other shot on target we've had is Ched's effort later on, where he's forced a decent save out of Samba. Yeah, I thought he gave Warrell and um, NBSO a right game. And I mean, NBSO has not been playing. I think he's been fourth choice centre back for most of the season. So you can sort of understand why he looked a little bit not match sharp, you know, especially when he's been beaten by Lindsay in the air for the goal. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's another good win. Four wins in a row. Uh, you know, I cannot complain. We've finished on the same points as we did two seasons ago in, in Alex Neal's 2018-19 season when we finished 14th. Yeah, which looking at how things were headed before Alex was let go, I think everyone would have taken this. We wouldn't have got 13th. Not a chance. I mean, we're only one point worse off than both of Simon Grayson's two seasons in the Championship. You got 62 yeah. both seasons. We've got 61 this year, despite losing 21 games. Can you imagine if you'd got an extra, you know, you turned seven of those defeats into draws? You know, you're banging on the door of the playoffs pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you can't complain really, given where we've, the journey we've been on this season as a fan base, you know, not being in the ground playing pretty average football, if not absolutely abysmal football at times under Alex. You know, don't be wrong, we played some great football as well under him. You know, let's not forget the good times as well as criticise the bad and hopefully learn from the bad football that we played at times. Um, and we move on to next season, don't we? I think we, there's a lot of learnings for everybody at the club about this year. And I think- hopefully that's the, that's the key thing for me, mate, is we learn from this season. You know, and I suppose see the difference that fans can make next year when we're back in the ground. Because everyone said it. I think Frankie said it again yesterday post-match, you know, about how the importance of fans. Because can you imagine going to Forest last game of the season and a right good booze up and getting a win? That'd be classic. You've seen the scenes when Malt scored a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you, you talk about, obviously, we're only one point off Simon Grayson's two seasons in the Championship and... You look at the home and away tables this season, and it, it is our away form that's that's got us because we're seventh in the away table. Yeah, Norwich, Brentford, Cardiff, Swansea, Barnsley, Bournemouth. Us, we're above Watford. So, is that every team in the playoffs? Well, five of the six in the teams in the playoffs. Yeah, we're we're, lot, we're one it? place above Watford as well. So, I think you look at our home form. I mean, to lose the games that we did at home, but to lose to nil nine times. Yeah. That says a lot to me, you know, 11 fail- home defeats. Yeah. Failing to score in 11 games at home as well. Yeah. You know, we can't do that. We only failed to score in seven away games. But I think this so- was, this was going to be the point I was going to make a minute ago is I think some fans underplay the impact that no fans has had. I think maybe not so much now, but certainly earlier in the season, because it fit with what they wanted to happen, which is obviously Alex to go. Um, I might annoy some people by saying that, but that's how I view it. I think I don't. I don't think you can look lightly on the fact that there's been no fans in stadiums. 
I think it's a factor from from from, from a footballing point of view. That is, I think how it affects the, the players. There was problems bubbling before fans came out of the ground. Remember, you know, I remember that QPR game and yeah, Alex tink- tinkered with the shape, and there was there was already murmurs of discontent at that point. Now, for me, I liked I like Alex Neil, and I'm not going to stop liking him as a as a person, as a manager, because I think he's going to have a successful career in football management. Yeah, same. But I get why people wanted him sacked. You know, I got to the point last two or three games of his tenure that it's coming to the time, you know, and... I think, I think we both said it, mate. I think we said Yeah, that, I think like, we needed a change. It, you know, you can't... to the point where it needs freshening up and there needs yeah. to be a new face and new ideas and look for... <laughs> Hats off to him because Frankie's come in and done an unbelievable job. An unbelievable oh, too right. job. And too right. I, had, I had someone I quote tweeting me the other day. What was it? Was it? it must have been last night. Last night, yeah. About some, 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 I tweeted in January 2020 about Alex Neil being like, who else do you get in? Yeah, well, to be fair, at that moment in time, there was no one else you could get in at 38 well, years old. And, and that, I'm sorry, but who the fuck else was considering Frankie McAvoy in then? No one. Nice. In a day, it's football. It's a funny game, isn't it? And it's a game of opinions. I don't mind that. I, I stand by that in January 2020, I didn't think there was anyone better for the job. Now, I think, you know, 15, 16 months later, things change in football. You know, look exactly. at the squad we had. Look at the team we had that January. And the fact that, you know, Ben Davis, Ben Pearson, Daniel Fisher, Fisher, you know, the core players of your team have, have gone. In, you, you can't expect the same results with, you know, lesser quality players, unfortunately. But this is why this summer's so key for us as a football club. You know, it's a it's a real chance to press the reset button. Yeah, get well, some quality even, in. Even before then, it starts with the manager done it, and I like I said a minute ago, I don't think anyone would be aggrieved if uh, if Frankie was given the job. I think he's. You can't sort of not give it him in a way. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be up to the owner, isn't it? Ultimately, you know who gets the position. You know, because if he's got someone in his mind that he wants to come into the club, then let's be honest. What happens? Frankie could have won every game ten 0 If Trevor wants someone, Trevor will get someone. Yeah. But I think Frankie's done himself no harm whatsoever. Um, he certainly um, crowbarred his name into the the front runners, if you will. Or into being I think one of the front runners. It, I think he is the front runner now, Jake. I don't think yeah. he can the yeah. fact that he's he's picked up seventeen points out of twenty four available, that to me, you know you can't really look past that to in all honesty. Yeah, the football's quite basic and, and it's very simple from a tactical point of view. You know, we have relied on set pieces a little bit as well to to get the goals. But you can't sort of knock him because he's but, done the best. He's do, he's got results out of the same players that that Alex had Alex, available to him. Yeah. You know, and he's actually getting results. You know, the, the atmosphere feels completely different around the players and, and looking at their reactions to goals and stuff. And you know, you only have to look at the comments they're all making about Frankie about how they feel. You know, comfortable. They want him to get the job. I don't think Frankie's come out and said he wants the job yet, which is the thing that I don't really understand. He's not said, I want to be Preston North End manager for years to come. Yeah. I, I don't remember him actually saying that. I don't think he so, has. He's, he's, I think it was either Seds or George tweeted yesterday and said he's he's played a very straight bat to a lot of the questions that he's been asked about. Does he want the job? Does he think he is going to get it? Blah, blah, blah. 
yeah. And I think the interview you did with Lanks was was fantastic. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday when obviously the I suppose the emotional journey he's been on over the past 12 months, you know, having COVID, being away from the training ground, you know, having a blood clot and, you know, affecting his wife as well. And she seems a big decision maker for him in any decision that he does go for. If he does go for the job, then I think it's got to be with his his better half's consent. So, And I would say his family's consent, because you look at these two lads on social media, you know, they've they've been banging the drum and, and as you would expect you know i'd do the same for my dad if he was in that position of course would. but they they do seem like a very settled but very united bunch if that makes sense and it doesn't seem like it would have been when he was because if you remember the statement that was released was it is the intention that frankie mcavoy and now that would allude to me that they hadn't spoken to him before releasing that statement well they had hadn't they they'd spoken to him but he said he wanted time to think about it whilst he had right. his covid jab Right, okay. I was like, because yeah, yeah. when Frankie came out and said that, he goes, the reason it, it obviously there was a slight delay is I needed to have my COVID jab first. Yeah. Like, <laughs> imagine that. You've just been offered the North End job on an interim basis. And like, yeah, I need to go to the bus station to get my COVID jab. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> make in, it up. doctor's like, you taking the job, Frankie? Don't know. Jab me. Yeah. So, no, fair play to him. And, you know, I, whatever happens, I hope it it is the right decision for all parties. You know, if he doesn't want the job, then I hope, I, I hope we keep him at the club, yeah. you know, as part of the new backroom staff. He's done enough to earn that, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, has your view changed from the last few weeks of... I still want Gareth. More? I still want Gareth. Yeah. I, I think Gareth's the right man for it. But if they give it Frankie, then they give it Frankie. You know, I'm still going to support him regardless. You know, the only person I'd probably turn my back on is Tony Pulis, but that's because of everything I've heard about him. Yeah. But and uh, again, likewise, I think we've all heard various bits about the, the, how unlikely that is to happen. Yeah. And it's gonna be Frankie in it. It's gonna be Frankie or it's gonna be Gareth Ainsworth, I think now. Um I think it's a it's a two horse race. So we we'll wait and see. And whoever gets it gets everyone's full support. And even if it's not one of them two, as long as it's not Tony Pulis, then They'll, they'll get my full support as well. Um, yeah. But I, mean, I think it's... push me, I would say I, I hope it's Grant McCann because I'd be wealthier for it. <laughs> well, I would be as well, but I think it's... Um, I just don't think it's likely anymore. I think, nah, you know, the fact that this He'll have had a pay rise and stuff within his contracts, getting Hull promoted. I think if we need if we wanted him, we'd have had to get him before Hull got promoted. Yeah. Because obviously his salary now will... And obviously, he's on a one-year rolling contract. The the fee that we'd have to pay for him is now quite a bit more than it would have been. So, look, it is what it is. Um, we just got to get through the next few weeks, and yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure if it's Frankie, we'll know probably the next ten days. If it's not Frankie, then you know the new man will probably be in place by the end of the month. I'd have thought. Just a, a question that we had in on Twitter that kind of follows on from that. Do you think championship management can be as simple as putting round pegs in round holes and just making work a happy and easy place to be? I've seen that question. I think it's a really good one. Um, is it as simple as that? No. Definitely not, because you know I think it's probably a job that's think- got such a short. It's got such a short like lifespan. You know, you look at the average length of a, a championship manager this season. You know, how many seconds has there been this year? There's probably been about a third of the managers in the 92 that have lost their jobs. Probably. You know, it's it's a short 
shelf life if you're if you're a manager in the championship or head coach as it's going to be. Um, I think the way we're going in terms of the the head coach route and going down that path rather than a, a full-on football manager doing everything is probably the right thing to do from a cultural point of view as a football club because the clubs that have been successful in getting out of this league have all gone down that route. You know, Huddersfield under David Wagner, he was a head coach. Barnsley lads now, Ismail, head coach. Watford chap, uh, Cisco Munez, head coach. Norwich. Swansea, Parker, Norwich. You know, Brentford, they're all... Head coach. They're all head coaches. They let the recruitment and do the and the analysts and the guys as directors of football or whatever you want to call them do the recruitment. You know, yes, the, the head coach will probably have a list of requirements of what he would want to bring into the club, yeah. but it's up to those guys in a senior position to be able to, to identify the targets, find the targets, get the, and ultimately obtain them. Yeah, yeah. I think the the one criticism will that we believe to be labelled levelled at the club for the past few months or sorry past few seasons is that the previous head of recruitment might have identified targets who have not then secured and I think that's one of the things that sort of got on Alex Neal's wick a little bit you know because he's wanted players that he's then <laughs> he not got he was more than outspoken in the press about transfer windows wasn't he I think it was exactly. clear to see for all that he was frustrated so I think you know taking that out of the equation and you know letting you know Peter, James B, the, whoever else is going to be within the analytics team, because from what I understand, you know, James B is the first name in the team in terms of the new shape that it's going to be taking. Yeah. You know, don't mind they've got an analytics team already, but a lot of it's part time and a lot of it's university students from um, a course at UCLAM and they do that as part of their studies. And um, yeah, the, it's like a voluntary sort of scheme. But yeah. in the day, we to, to go to that next level, we need to make sure that we've got the right analytics team in with the right people, identifying the right players within the right budget as well, because that's really key for me. Because you look at our squad now, saleable assets are a real problem. We don't really have many. You know, Ryan Ledson, Ben Whiteman, then we're struggling. Jordan Story's out of contract in 12 months' time. You know, we've paid upwards of a million and a half pound for Brad Potts out of contract in 12 months' time. You know, Alan Brown, yeah, he's got a long contract, but who comes in with a, a substantial offer to take take him out of the club? You know, I, I just look at, and I've started going through my sort of my traffic light system of players to keep, question and get rid. You know, and I've, I think I've got 12 players I'd keep definitely at this moment in time from the current squad, you know, including the lads that are out on loan. It's not That's a lot, a, is it? Well, it's even less when you consider that Five of them are out of contract next summer. Yeah, that's seven under contract longer than the twenty twenty two out of twelve. That's a massive concern from my point of view. It's something that we've spoken about for probably the last six weeks, probably since Alex left. This summer is absolutely enormous, enormous for the club. And I think it's double digits either way, going going in and going out. I think it's probably yeah. at least ten in and ten out. Well, Peter said wrong. with us, didn't he, in February that it, January was a trial run and that was eight in and eight out. So I think you can probably, I'd hazard a guess at twelve plus in and out. It's going to be the biggest overhaul since Wesley's first year. Yeah, when it was literally like it was like a revolving door. So, which is going to keep us busy. Let's see how much of a break we actually get in the next six weeks. Yeah. I'll just put pre-season trip in, like, in, my, in my notes. I'm like, do another trip over to Ireland if we're allowed in Ireland, that is, because obviously they're 
lockdown restrictions are a lot stricter than ours. Yeah. Um, I just fancy a good pre-season trip somewhere. So, and, and if, if teams have to stay in the UK, a lot of them places can be booked up already. Yeah. Neil Warnock likes to take his team down to Cornwall, doesn't he, every year? Yeah. So Middlesbrough will go down there to Tokyo, wherever he lives on his farm. Where where do we go? You know, if we can't go to Ireland, you know, I don't well, think we'll be able. To, we won't be able to go to Austria like we did under Alan Irving. I had a right good trip out there. Oh, did that you was, go? Was belt- yeah, Belton, Austria. We played. Um, honestly, right, we played at this place called Haline. Um They were meant to play. Oh, what are they called? It's a team from Romania. A CFR clutch. The men who played them, you know, the Champions League team from Romania. Yeah. The men who played them on like the Thursday, and we flew out the Wednesday, and the game got called off because this clutch team had, had caused like a riot or something, or they'd broken a player's leg in, in their previous preseason game out there against another team. So that game got scrapped, and they just played this like pub team in Haline. Lovely place, like overlooking all the mountains and stuff. Matty Hill scored. Like that's how bad Haline were. We won like eleven nil. <laughs> but Good it belt him. he won't be listening to this oh it doesn't matter I've seen Matty Hill score no, not many people can say that <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah we won't be able to do anything like that so it's going to be a pre-season you know within either Exton or it's going to be going go up to Scotland or something like that it's yeah. not going to be like a normal trip away like we've been going to Cop Rangers haven't we if they'd maybe be able to because Trevor owns that facility in Cork doesn't he oh Fotter Island or whatever yeah. it's called so I don't know if they'd maybe be able to sort something out with that, like private but, jet in, private jet out. But it's Ireland. Have you seen their restrictions? They, no, they, I, I know, they can't I know, do anything. The... Can't breathe without yeah. getting permission off the, 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 you know, their government. It's just mad. Shout out to our Irish contingent as well, because I know we've got quite a few guys over there. So uh, Yeah, again, yeah. Like, like we said at the start, thanks for the support. And, uh, and whoever the person is that's in, listening every morning on their morning walk, walking around the... Uh, Sydney Opera House, I think it was, wasn't it? Tickle me that. I got that message. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's just like, it's those little things that we're, we're now going to be starting thinking about because, let's be honest, the players are going to be in tomorrow and I thought for debriefs, etc. Some of them might be a bit rough. Well, it might be Tuesday then. Uh, I, suspect, <laughs> I suspect they've been given tomorrow off if they're, if they're if there's, what, maybe 10 of them out today. Yeah, more than likely. Because there's no there's no games now, is there? They've got what six weeks, and then it'll be back in for preseason end of June. Well, they'll be doing debriefs and weight checks and stuff like that for when they're back in. Um, don't laugh. There will be they'll, honestly. They'll, we don't want people turning up overweight again, do we? Like last season. I'm saying nothing. Jim. No names mentioned. Um, nothing. Yeah, but um, yeah, just wait and see what happens. Um, it's stuff though that you would imagine that there's already plans in place for. And they're yeah, it's just, working towards stuff. It's just a case of what we hear and when we hear it, I guess. It's just um, me and my overactive mind thinking about all these little things. The, the other thing I was going to mention here, Jake, is about season tickets because, like, we need to be on the front foot. There's teams that are releasing season ticket details now. Yeah, you know, like Gavin Fainsworth. I don't know if you see these um, post match from, from yesterday's game, but in his post match interview with Wickham, they're talking about season tickets and how they go on sale Monday and. How they want fans to get back on board and you know read it in it, uh, George's piece on Lanks Live. Just going for it straight away. It's like yeah. striking while the iron's hot. That's, because that's why I don't think he'll be coming. Reading what he had to say, it sounded um, like that. I, I, I get that he's got a job to do. And he's going to do that, isn't he? Because yeah, that's the type think, of guy he is. But you'd think if he had any inkling that he was coming here, that he he would have done the usual. 
I can't wait till next season. We've been unfortunate, blah, blah, blah. Let's see what happens. It's going to be a big summer. But he's gone like into quite specific detail and been like, you know, we've got, I, I've got a few lads that I've got my eye on that I want, you know, hopefully we can get them in and we, we'll go again next season. We want to get back to the championship and, and, and fair play to him, like, that seems to be what he's got his heart set on. But mm. you never know, we might not have even approached him yet. So if we are planning if- to at all. If we do approach them at all, yeah, exactly. We might not. <laughs> this uh, could go out tomorrow morning and uh, it might be followed by an announcement that Frankie's been given a 12-month contract. Just, just be- quickly on that, how how would you go about it? With him, with it obviously being a head coach role, or so we believe, obviously at the minute he's interim head coach, we believe that it is going to be a head coach permanently moving forward. He's never managed a full season at this level. It's going to be, talk about acid tests. It's going to be massive for him because it's all right doing well over eight games, but it's the start of the season. It's the hectic period around Christmas. It's the incomings and the outgoings and dealing with contract fallouts and suspensions and injuries and all that. And the proper test of a manager is across a whole season. Now, do you think that should we offer Frankie a deal that there'd be some kind of get out in it from a club from the club's point of view in terms of look if things aren't going well in October. Thanks for all your effort, but see you later. I can split clause. Yeah. I think and, and, and maybe on it, maybe back to maybe back to a rolling twelve month contract as well. It will be a twelve month rolling contract. I'd, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. I'd be shocked if they said it's a two year deal, three year deal, whatever it is. I don't think we can get stung like that again. Did that for the security of tying down Alex, didn't we? Yeah. You know, tie, tying down someone with a proven promotion on the CB, you know, fend off the interest from Stoke and West Brom, you know, or obviously it was West Brom when he got the deal, but then obviously Stoke Followed when they up, came knocking. It? So, yeah, I think it'll be a 12 month rolling contract. It does seem to be the norm in a lot of cases in the championship. It's not it's not uncommon. It's probably the most common really, clubs do tend to go down. Yeah. It, I, I, I would be championing a bit of a break clause just in case it went pear-shaped you know if we are in the bottom four in the division after 15 games we can get out for this price or, or what have you I don't know if that's feasible but Just got to wait me- and see, I guess that's as I yeah. suspect we'll probably know by this time next week who the next manager is going to be we just went to see um, last one then before we break obviously Paul Gallagher has joined the coaching staff um, we don't know if he's retired or not or if he's going to be playing again for us next season. I imagine he'd still be here next season in some capacity, but again, something that came in on Twitter, where do you think his statue would look well at the stand, at the ground even? Don't make him like Galley do they anymore, let's be honest. No. You know, it's sort of that. You know, anyone that who gets 300 games for a club these days is doing something more than well, you know. I'll tell you what, him, him and Hunts deserve testimonial that they should get this. Obviously, this preseason. Just on Alan Brown, he he's not going to be far off three hundred at some I, point next season. Whether it's early on or middle of next season, I'm not sure. But for someone of his age at 26, you know, we, we talk about Galley and Hunts and you know stalwarts of the club that have achieved 300 appearances Alan's just signed a new three year contract was it yeah he's up to 2024 he could he could be looking at 400 plus easy well Gres has got 400 didn't he yeah 400 up and then 
Simpson sold him the next day. Well, but um, I can yeah, ask all about that if he leaves Bristol City in the summer. Yeah, but um, I've got Brownie at being at two down one, so he's not far off at all in terms of appearances for North End. Um, I've just asked Mar- Martin Atherton on Twitter. He's the he's the man that's uh, the stat man. The, stats, the stat man, yeah. So um, hopefully he'll come back to us with a bit of an answer before the end of the pod. But yeah, Brownie could easily get into sort of four fifty, couldn't he? Yeah, quite easily, especially with playing. Well, how many games we play a season now? At least sort of fifty, if you include yeah. the two cups. And as long as we cups. get. Get through to the second round, second and fourth round, and two cups respectively. You've got you can pay up to fifty games a season. Yeah, I think um, I'm coming on to players later on in terms of like who might target. But Elliot Watts has got fifty consecutive appearances for Bradford. You know, a Preston lad, good centre midfielder, and like players playing fifty games in a season isn't unheard of. No, you know it can be done. So Brownie could easily rack and up. And with his fitness record as well, he's rarely out for long periods with injuries, is he? It's normally niggles and or illnesses or or a suspension. Or a suspension. Yeah, remember he's, yeah. he's missed three games a season through suspension. You know, so yeah, could definitely um, break the three hundred bar. But yeah, I just hope that Hunt and Gally get the testimonial they both deserve this summer. Um, is it you know, this ten years for Hunts. I thought. I thought. Yeah, Hunts, no, ten years was next season because I thought yeah, that was the whole it. thing was, about him signing his contract was that took yeah. him to his tenth season, didn't it? Did not get it in at the start of tenth season. I don't know, but I just hope they both get one. You know, because yeah. they both deserve. I think it'll be next it. summer. Personally, will Hunt still be in in the next season? I don't know. It depends on what the new manager wants. You know, or the new head coach because yeah, Hunts, Hunts is in my question mark list because I don't not kick the ball under Frankie. No, he's not going anywhere near, has he? But anyway, we'll come on to that in part two, mate. Um, I am going to go and get a brew. Um, I'll see you in part two. Cool. Grand. See you in a bit, mate. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan, and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read, and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanx.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we're joined by Chris Pope to talk about Andy's Man Club, a little bit about men's mental health as well. Uh, we'll cover a few bits about players, ins and outs, comings and goings, question marks, a bit more. And then we'll finish on... Uh, one that Jim's looking forward to, North End and Nick DiMarco uh, joining forces. Um, so yeah, that, that will be an interesting one to finish on. But yeah, Chris, uh, thank you for joining us. I know we, we meant to do it last week, but I think we both forgot, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, no worries. No good to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> God, could you imagine if we did a call-in, a phone-in? Oh, you? God. Don't, don't. There's a reason why the <laughs> Lanks have stopped doing theirs, isn't there? Well, so. yeah, I think we know it would be on the phone straight away, don't we? 
<laughs> Less said about that, the better anyway. Yeah, Chris, thank you very much for joining us. I guess we'll we'll just start with, you can talk to us about what Andy's Man Club is and, and the the sort of services that, that they offer and, and the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, Andy's Man Club is a men's mental health charity. Um, it just provides a place where men can go every week, once a week, um, for around about two hours um, and just kind of talk about whatever they want really um i think sadly unfortunately it was a product of um a guy called andy roberts uh, he actually took his own life um around about five years ago um and it was on a monday night that he kind of went missing and then tuesday morning his mum was informed and, and from there obviously you had the fallout and um many many people very close to him very upset um no warning literally no warning signs he'd not spoken to anyone about feeling down or depressed or or anything so it came as a, a big shock um so then from that um obviously tragic event luke ambler his um brother-in-law set up andy's man club as a just as a coffee uh, group for men just to chat about anything and everything and just get whatever they want off the off the chest really and it's grown from there so there's over there's over 40 clubs now um obviously this one that i'm involved in is the preston group um so we meet every week in preston at seven o'clock on a monday um, and it just gives you um, a platform to speak um about as i say everything anything i went down as a, as a group user so i've had my own mental health, health issues i think one thing it's it's important to stress is everybody has mental health whether it yeah. be healthy positive poor um it's it's everyone's got it just like physical health health so um i think sometimes that can get lost but yeah i just went down as a group user uh, having had some issues previously myself and and now i've become part of one of the uh, of the group as, as one of the facilitators and i lead some of the uh, the meetings and help with the the social media and the pr grand yeah uh, i think this might be something that you don't want to talk about but how i think it is quite important that we bring it up um on obviously the podcast because mm-hmm. i think it's overwhelming i think it's something like over 70 percent of our listeners are men uh if not higher if not over 80 percent but as as a man and the stigma around mental health how did you find going to the club helped you with your problems and and how much do you think it's worth stressing to other people who might have doubts about their mental health and might be going through problems that it that it's important that they, they consider things like this or at the very least reach out to someone yeah and it's it's kind of it shocks me now having kind of volunteered in the space for a short period of time and you, you start to learn about it more three and four suicides are men um, it's the biggest killer of men under 45 um, men are less likely to access the use of psychological therapies um, so even though overwhelmingly um, suicides are kind of mainly men um, statistically only 36% of men will actually reach out and use like talking therapy or CBT or stuff like that. So, and I was pretty similar, if I'm being completely honest, I I had people around me and people that I could speak to, but maybe not people that I could relate things to, or maybe they didn't go through it. So they didn't really understand it. So you walk through the door the first time and it's obviously it's nerve wracking, you know, you kind of might be talking about some difficult subjects and other people will be, but, 
it's completely different to anything that I thought when I walked in. Like we actually have a laugh most weeks as well, which is like, you don't think about it. It's a men's mental yeah. health group. You don't think like you're going to go in for a laugh, but everybody that that is there understands to a certain extent kind of what you're going through. And it's not advice that they're giving you support, but things might have been said where you've kind of gone, oh, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And someone else will go, I felt that what about if you just try this and, and whatnot? And it, it kind of builds a community spirit as well. So you've got people to reach out to because I've seen people now attend the group that have talked about taking their own lives um, and, and talked about trying to do it or wanting to do it. And then I've seen six weeks later, a completely different man in front of me where they're back at work, they're seeing the children, they're enjoying life. So it's it's a massive benefit to, to kind of being able to talk to other men um, because realistically, we've all been there on away days or at North End or out with your mates in the pub. You're not talking to them as lads. You're not actually talking about anything. You're just having a laugh. And you, do you know what I mean? You might touch on ours work, but it's been a bit crap. You're not talking to them about the feelings and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's generally that it's that like boys will be boys kind of behaviour in it when you're out with your mates and you're in the pub and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, it, as I say, it just gives men a, a non-judgmental, safe place to actually talk about things with people that will relate to it. To be honest, yeah, I think it's really poignant, especially after events over the past twenty-four hours. Um, obviously with the news of James Dean passing away. And um, I think a lot of people my age and mid thirties will have had experiences where they need someone to turn to and need someone to talk to about problems they are having in their own lives. And I think, you know, the fact that there is a group that when it is non-judgmental and because I think everyone has their own battles you know, whether it's a small battle or it's a big battle in terms of, you know, the signs of depression or anxiety or anything like uh, of the mental health sort of illnesses, you know, Chris, you're a lot more educated on the matter than I am, to be fair. And I think, especially after the last 15 months as humans, what we've all been through, talking is probably more important than ever. And especially talking to other people, because, you know, I've said to you, Jake, and I've said to a lot of people that if I wasn't doing the podcast, Christ, I'd have gone absolutely stir crazy over the past 15 months because it's that uh, I'm quite a creature of habit and, you know, having a Sunday ritual and having sort of something that I know is happening every week. And I know I'm actually getting to you know voice my opinions and voice my feelings to you guys. It has been really important to me not going, you know, going off the rails more than anything. And I think one thing I would say is take the time to make sure you talk to people around you as well, because you never know what other people are going through. You know, I always talk about behind closed doors. Life can be a completely different perspective than what people's realities are. And yeah. I, I think what I will say is that my DMs are always open. If someone, someone wants to drop me a DM on talk, then it's really important that we, that people do that, especially at this moment in time. You know, it's so hard, but especially us all going to have to integrate back into society over the next few months. Like some of us haven't had any sort of social interaction for probably the best part of a year and it's going to be difficult for people and don't be afraid of talking if you're anxious or you're worried about getting back into the public domain because it's going to be difficult and for a lot of people. there's going to be a lot of people in the same boat um, yeah. which is why I think 
Chris, groups like Andy's Man Club uh, are brilliant, to be honest. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of stuff that you've been working on locally with, obviously, AMC? Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, listeners might have, have seen from a Preston North End point of view that obviously we've become um, an official kind of partner um, with the with the club and the the community trust, which has been absolutely amazing. Um, the the lads trained in in the uh, the AMC t shirts uh, pre match before the Barnsley game, um, and we had the the advertising um, on the LEDs. So if anyone was watching, they would have seen that hopefully, which is good. Yeah, but um, sorry, yeah. I was in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lucky boy. Um, so <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to rub that in. <laughs> yeah, but you did, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, we've actually it's going to be announced um, kind of on Monday. Uh, I know this goes out on Monday, um, but from well, it's, been, 17th, it's been announced here, isn't it? It is. It is. I suppose. Yeah. So from the 17th of May. Um, the club will be hosting um, the Andy's Man Club groups, um, so that's where people will go to um, to to come down to the meetings. We've we've got a, a venue in uh, Penwitham at the moment, but we are moving, so that's being announced uh, on here and on the club social media and on on the AMC website and stuff. So it's a big thing for the club that kind of. I and, and you two are very passionate about are getting behind the mental health programs. I know recently, I don't know how many people realised, but um, Declan Rudd's been through his own issues and he he wrote um, an article for The Times um, about his mental health struggles. Um, so he's a massive advocate within the uh, community trust and obviously he's got the the award recently for all his involvement within the community and it's it's a testament to what he's been doing and I think from that and and the people in the community trust um kind of pushing now the the mental health aspect of it I think it's just something we're going to see more and more as as kind of supporters of the club um that they're there to help if if and if and when required. Um, as you said before, with the news of James Dean, obviously thoughts go out to everyone affected with 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 his kind of family and um friends and anyone that he played with, really, because obviously he was a semi-professional footballer. Um, but the amount of people that were over the weekend kind of like reaching out on Twitter and Facebook and everything else trying to look for him, and obviously the sad news that we found out kind of today. Um, there were so many people there that were there to talk to and potentially could have kind of changed the outcome if if there was maybe something there. Um, obviously I, I don't know too much about the, the personal situation. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to guess, but it's it's a story that's oh, oh too familiar uh, within Andy's man club, especially with Andy himself being in a, a similar scenario. So having a club of, of Preston stature getting behind it and and kind of really driving it and giving us the platform kind of we try not to have more than 15 in a group and we had a, a venue that could hold 15 now with north end we've got three rooms so we can have three groups of 15 we can have 45 people within preston that, that now benefit from it so if you think about that how many people's lives that would be affected if 45 people have a place to go to and, and kind of talk rather than maybe an alternative then there's going to be kind of it's so so much, so many benefits from it as well. So, I can't commend them enough for for engaging. To be honest, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fantastic for the club and the community trust. I think it's a, a really 
great thing to do, you know, and I think it's something that we all need to talk about more in terms of people's battles with mental health. You know, too often there's always a, ne- a negative sort of slant on it. You know, we've all seen it on social media is how it can be belittled and, you know, people's thoughts and feelings shouldn't be felt, you know, it shouldn't be belittled because everyone has, a bit like us on here, we all have different opinions, but we everyone has their own. No, of course we don't, but everyone has their own struggles with mental health, you know, and it doesn't affect every single one of us, you know, but some people it affects massively more than others. And I think we've got to respect that. And the fact that you, Chris, and and, and AMC, what they're doing is fantastic. And, you know, it should be really applauded by, for you guys as well as the club, you know, for, for coming together in, in partnership, because I think it's something that we do need to, look at more often in terms of and, and take it and reflect on it and, and reflect on how we're all feeling. Yeah. I think it goes about saying as well, obviously that AMC is there for, for men's mental health and that obviously that's who I'm involved in, but obviously for, for people that, um, that um, aren't male, they can um, obviously reach out to other organizations like the Samaritans and mind and um, the mental health um.org. Um, there's so many places for people to turn to now if they are struggling. So just don't be afraid to shout up um, really. I think that's the important thing in it is, don't be afraid because, you know, Jim, obviously you mentioned before, your DMs are open. Chris, I'm sure you're the same. I know I'm, my personal Twitter account is the same and the From the Finney Twitter account is the same. Uh, there's there's people out there that are more than happy to listen and be sort of a shoulder to lean on, so to speak. Uh, so, yeah, I think if, if you're feeling down in the dumps, if you've got something going on, if you want to talk to someone, reach out to any one of the three of us on here. Um, reach out to one of your mates reach out to one of your family because obviously the sad news that's come out today about James Dean if we can avoid that happening to just one other person then I think we all agree that we'd all be better off for it yeah absolutely 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 Um, yeah cool I think uh, unless you've got anything else you want to say Chris where can people find out any more info or anything like that yeah, so we've got a Facebook group, um, a Facebook page, sorry. It's um, Andy's Man Club Preston. Um, it's obviously a local one, um, but there's Andy's Man Club um, National, just literally Andy's Man Club on Facebook and Twitter. So you don't just have to be in the Preston area. As I say, there's online groups if you don't want to attend in person. Um, and there's groups all over the UK as well. So it's pretty easy to find. Um, or if you want any other details, just email info at andysmanclub.co.uk. Um, and if it's locally and you've got any questions specifically, then by, by all means, as you said, Jake, my DMs are open. So it's just at the underscore Pope underscore runs. And again, more than happy to have a conversation with anybody uh, about anything uh, of this nature. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Chris, thanks for coming on, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah, quality. Thanks, Chris. Um, no worries. Cheers. It's an important thing. And I don't think even though it does get covered and discussed a lot more now than it used to i still don't think it gets covered enough yeah i agree um but yeah cheers thank you mate um if you want to uh send me like, any email addresses or any website urls facebook urls i'll put a separate tweet out on obviously on the from the finney twitter and uh spread the spread the news and spread the word cheers thanks pal yeah no, appreciate that that was good yeah Perfect. cheers mate thank you. no thank you
Cheers, no worries. That's right. Well, enjoy it. I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, cheers, yeah. mate. Thank you very Take much. Take care. Yeah, so that was Chris Pope. Uh, in case you missed it, his Twitter at is at the underscore Pope underscore runs. Uh, and yeah, we'll be putting something out on social media tomorrow about Andy's Man Club and how you can get in touch and, and whatnot. So yeah, um, don't be afraid to reach out. I think it's as simple as that, isn't it, Jim? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, well, feel free to. Perhaps, perhaps it's not as simple as that, but that's no, it's not. It's so difficult for some people to talk, and you know, I think we've all got friends that you know sometimes need to talk more than others and you know trying to get that little bit out of them is difficult but you know the fact when they do open up you can you're there to help so yeah you know i don't wrong some problems can't be fixed instantly but in the day problem she has a problem halved as they say and i think that's really key yeah you know just to tell people how you're feeling if you are not feeling great then you know at least let people know because there's a lot of people that care for each and every one of us out there and i think that's really important that we don't forget that Perhaps you know, no more matter. so than others think as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So next bit, uh, I'll hand you over to Jim because I haven't done any prep whatsoever about this. Ah, okay, thanks, mate. Just drop me on the spot there. Um, <laughs> to be fair, you dropped this on on me about ten minutes before we recorded. Well, I just started with, going with through... you with you an hour early. I'm ready to go now. <laughs> yeah, I just ordered my tea. Well, I started looking through the squad and I started doing a bit of a, a traffic light, who to keep, who's a question mark over and who do you get rid of during the summer? Um, you know, who just doesn't have a future at the football club regardless of which manager comes in. And when I started going through it, I thought, Christ, we've got a bit of a problem on our hands here because there's not actually that many you'd want to keep. There's probably about... Hey, hasten just... to add, by the way, this is all our opinion. Like, the, yeah, 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 of course. None of this yeah. is insider information no, or of course. anything like that. The club could think that, you know, my reds are greens and greens are reds, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But um, I just think that we've got a bit of an issue because the lads that you'd probably want to keep, you know, the likes of Barkey. Well, should, should we break Stoll. it down into positions first? Yeah, well, I've split it up into six categories. So keepers, full-backs, wing-backs together, centre-backs um, central midfield players, which is sort of six, eight, tens, um, wide players, and then attackers. But then I reflected on it. I thought, well, Frankie plays three, five, two, mainly. So my wide players are probably going to be wing backs. So Barkey's in it as a wing back, for example, even though he can do a job up front, you know, he plays wide. But again, like, so the players I'd keep in terms of my full-back wing-backs, I've got Greg Hughes and Barkey and a question mark over Earl because I think Earl will go back out on loan again next year for his development. But Hughes and Barkey are both out of contract at the end of the next season. So there's an issue there already for me because then you're probably going to bring in another wing-back, you know, for the right side. You know, there's talk of Ryan Nambi at, at Rovers because obviously he's out of contract. There's an option for them to have another year, but it doesn't look like he gets on well with Mowbray. You know, there's been talk about him potentially coming since January. Yeah, as a as a target. Yeah, you know. So then you, we'd heard stuff even back then, hadn't we? So then you're quite stopped at, at full back, wing back at that point, but it doesn't negate the issue where you've got two of them out of contract in the summer. On the right side, if we if well, are you, are, are you assuming that Sept coming back as well? No, I've not even included Sept. Sept's in uh, potentials. To come back, right. 
So I've got Barkey and Ian Other as right wing back, and then I've got Greg and I've got Hughes as sort of the left side, but obviously Hughes isn't a left wing back, he's he's a left full back or left centre half. So but then you come on to centre half, you've only got Story and Bauer in terms of in the definitely keep. They're both out of contract next summer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've I've got Hunt a question mark on Hunt because I don't know where he fits in. You know, especially if we're playing three five two, play fits in as the, the central man if needs be. You know what some of what Lindsay's been playing, but you know if he's got a future, you know after the summer under the new man, you'd, you'd probably thought he'd have played against Forest. You know, and you know you've got a guy on loan that's played ahead of him, so that's a concern for me. And you know I love the bones of the guy, but it's just a bit of a concern that he's he's not had a kick really for the past sort of two three months. Yeah. Um, midfielders wise we're quite well stacked aren't we in terms of central players but well, who, who, who have we got on the books there we've got Brownie Ledson Whiteman DJ uh, Bayless question Potts. mark over Gallagher we don't know if he's going to be hanging up his boots or not and then Potts Potts around he's a central Potts player a central midfielder yeah but he's a central player he's a, he's a, he's a sort of an 8-10 isn't he yeah, so, true, true, true. Um, yeah. He's not going to play wide in this shape. Um, you know, Galley, Harrop, Jack Baxter, what happens with those three, I, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, there's a question mark over DJ about where DJ sort of fits. He's been injured for most of the time under Frankie. Um, Brownie's probably ahead of him in the 10 role at the minute. So he's going to be a bit part player when he's probably one of our better paid players. I'm not too sure, but then... If he isn't to be, if he is surplus to requirements, for example, who takes him on the wage that he's going to be on, having just signed a new two-year deal, it's going to be, that's going to be a, an interesting one to say the least. Again, another question mark in it. Scott Sinclair out of contract next summer, big question mark on him, especially in the way we're playing now. If mm. if Frankie does get the job going three-five-two, you know he's he struggled. I think in the two with Shed yesterday, first half, obviously Frankie's tweaked it a little bit and pulled him wider. And he's made a bit of an impact on the game in terms of obviously the the assist for Bayless's goal. And he's what is he thirty two now? Yeah, will be. So, that's only his second start under under Frankie. Started the first game and our, then our next new manager. Mm, so there's a question mark there. Obviously, Ethan Walker spent the second half of the season alone at Carlisle and other kids ball. You know they were desperate for, to get him back, and he's just not played. Um, Billy Bowden obviously out of contract in the next few weeks likely that it'll be released I thought yeah well, he's had his injury issues hasn't he and not mm. really whether it's due to niggles since he's returned or what he's not really kicked on has he no and then obviously up front you've got Ched um, Emil Reese, Sean Maguire I think there's a question mark over I'm not sure longevity wise if he's going to be a long term especially with his injuries and He's just lost that yard of pace. Yeah, I think he fit in really well when we played four two three one. He could play that sort of that wide left role or the role up front. But Ched's nailed down a spot in the team now. Yeah. So question mark for on Maguire now for me, and then obviously Malt and Nugent will both go this summer. Um, and then to go, he's been quite vocal about it, hasn't he? Especially in the press yeah. this weekend, saying that he hopes that it gets done. Yeah, so I think that's done. I, th- I think there's a, there was an optional fee agreed, I, I believe, before yeah. he even went to Charlton. So I'm guessing that'll just get pushed through. Yeah. So I think he seems to like him, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he's 
he's a typical Nigel Atkins sort of player. He, yeah. He'll wear his heart on his sleeve. He'll do. He'll work his nuts off. The football that he'll play is a little, probably a little bit more direct to to him and Washington. Um, best luck to him. I hope it works out really well for him because he seems a, a great guy, and I just it probably wasn't. He was a little bit unlucky at times. Let's not you know, forget that he, he jumped, scored he jumped to, two levels. Yeah, and he scored in back-to-back games, and then got dropped. And it's like, well, how can he never really got a chance to put a run of games together of like six, seven, eight games? You'd, you'd you think know, scoring think, back in back-to-back games, you'd think that's the time then where you're gonna kick on and and whatnot. But obviously, he didn't for whatever reason. Yeah. Did he? So, you know, best of luck to him. You know, I think yeah. League One is probably his level. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I think you probably score fifteen goals at that level. Yeah, quite easily. So, seems to have yeah. got his mojo back, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Fair play to him. So, yeah, there's only 12 guys in my keep column at the minute, which means when you've got a 25 man squad, you've got we've got half, a, little, half a squad to find. We've got a little bit of a problem. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, looking at this, there's, there's 10 in my to go column. Um, Ripley, Rafferty, both out of contract next summer. Try and find someone in League One or two. To um to take them yeah um what happens to Harrop? God only knows because he's not exactly set the world alight at Ipswich. Um, I think Gary will hang up his boots as someone going to coaching. You know, Bowden, Malt, Nugent, they'll all leave the club. Start they'll leave the club. And then there's like I've put three in a separate box of O'Reilly, Walker, and Baxter because I just don't know where they stand. Where where do these three kids stand in terms of their future you know two of them are out on loan in Ireland at the minute and Ethan's barely got a kick for it in League 2 so they've both got another year I think two years in O'Reilly's case it's now or never isn't it really yeah well you know, for, for, for Ethan's still quite young isn't he 19. he'd be 19 19 yeah so but you'd want him to sort of kick on this pre-season yeah, wouldn't you really now's the time to start kicking on yeah. isn't it you'd say yeah so I just think, you know, when I look at that, and I just think the guys at the club have got a right job on their hands in terms of recruiting players. You know, I've scribbled down a load of names, but Christ, I could be a million miles away from the mark in terms of what's going to come in. I think we'll maximise the five loans in summer. I think we'll get all five loans in on season deals. If you want to break them in January, you can do, you know, and get somebody else in for the rest of the season. Well, Iverson, Sepp, there's two, potentially. Yeah, we need to keep it. Wasn't the deal that we we had first refusal on Sep? Should we want it? Should we want it? And should he play over a certain number or num- or a certain percentage of games? And you would imagine whether it's percentage or number, he's played over that. Yeah, I think. Well, he's contracted at Liverpool till twenty twenty four, so he'll be back. Out, I'd have thought. You know, he's got another three years in his contract. He's so. been quite vocal as well in the press and over the last week or so about how much he's enjoyed it and whatnot. You know what? When you watch um, Lindsay's goal back from yesterday, does a great job in taking away the taking away a runner. Um he set, I just put I, I scored this down my notes for the first half, but sets movement takes Wall away. You know, it's really clever movement actually to fill the space for Lindsay. But I'd like set back, I think at nineteen, shows what you can get in under twenty three football, which is really key. And I think we'll probably get two or three from that sort of level coming through next year, even on loan or on freeze this summer. Yeah, you know we've been linked with Jimmy Dunn at Burnley in the past, the centre half. That wouldn't shock me if he ended up here. Um, you know, there's Adam Phillips, who's 
out of contract at Burnley's under 23s as well. This summer who's playing all right for for Accrington. Scored an absolute cracking goal today against Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, is he fielder? Yeah, he's, he's more of an eight ten, but he's from Garstang, Preston fan as well. So I know that's probably a little bit sentimental as a central signing, but it does look all right. You know, he's probably got a bit more to prove. Obviously, he came through Liverpool's academy, went to Norwich, been up at Hamilton on loan. Um, and then obviously he's... Similar path to Alex Nail. Yeah, well, he went to Morecambe last season, did well, went back for the first half of the season and Burnley recalled him and sent him to the level above. Yeah. So, but from do, what I can do, tell... Do, do we really need more central midfielders, though? If we let go of the likes of... If DJ goes, for example... And, Does DJ you know, go, Gally, Sign the new deal I don't, in January. I, I don't know. Come on, man, that means nothing. No, I know, That's... but like, who's going to be coming in for and spending you don't know. what kind of money we'd want for a player like that? I, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Strange no, things have happened. Fair enough, yeah. Strange things happened in football. I just think, I think the central area of the pitch in terms of midfield is probably going to be bottom of the, the list. Yeah, I mean, I've got Ledson, Brown, Whiteman and Potts in my keep and then Potts is out of contract this summer coming. But then Bailey, so Riley, DJ, Baxter, question marks all over them for Gary will retire. Harrop probably has no future. So I do think we probably need one or two because if you're playing with three central midfielders, can't really go into the season with four. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. So I, I do think we might need a central option. Forwards, um, do, we need, do we need one or two? I've got two down, definitely. Um, just in terms of central midfield options, obviously Cameron Brannigan was linked with us last week when yeah, he at Oxford. Oxford yeah. um, and then Lewis Wing, the talk of Lewis Wing uh, hasn't disappeared from us for about 18 months. Obviously, yeah. he played, he's been playing well at Rotherham. Scored um, yesterday. Yeah, so that might come come up again in the summer. Um, in terms of forwards, we definitely need to. Especially um, if we're going to continue playing two up top. Yeah, I just noted... Um, I know Liam Delap at Man City on loan. Um, doing really well. Yeah, they will. Well, we we did well in the match, didn't we? And Brandon yeah, Barker true. to a certain extent. So you know, the match played what forty four of the forty six games that season. Doing really well so, in Belgium now, isn't he? Well, he always had potential, didn't he? So that <laughs> could be an option. Some of our fans. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, Nemec was very... Yeah, but Nemec was raw at 19 when we had him. But he had such natural attributes as a footballer that you could tell he was going to be playing at a very high level as a footballer. Yeah, absolutely. Liam Delap's the same. Liam Delap's a big lad. You know, if you're playing with Delap and Ched up front, Christ, that'll be a right handful for for championships. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's one option won't mind exploring um, obviously there's talk of Dion Charles at Accrington another Preston lad done really well done it the hard way as well um, again 25 years old handful a lot of clubs looking at him Ellis Sims from Everton he's doing really well at Blackpool Ellis. he's got yeah he's, I was going to say he's, he's somewhere I, local isn't he but yeah so um, everyone's favourite Everton Tony and Copper uh, Paul Elliott he, um, he champions him Quite a lot before we, um, yeah, I think, I think that in the January transfer window, game. yeah. But he's a good player, you know. So I'll give well, Paul Cr- his credit. Know him from Critchley, I'll know him from his time at Liverpool. Yeah, he'll know yeah. from the 23s football. So give Paul a bit of credit. A broken clock is right twice a day in terms of players. So <laughs> um, expect a tweet sometime in the afternoon tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, 
So yeah, and then obviously we need a centre half. Yeah, we need at least one. You know, both the centre. an argument for two, isn't there? Both the centre halves are out of contract that I keep. Well, all three of them are out of contract in terms of Story, Bower, and Hunts. Um, Elliot Moore at Oxford, Bob Atkinson at Oxford, like both of them. Um, Tendu Mengi, who was on loan at Derby, didn't do great at Derby, but. Let's be honest, they were a sinking ship when he went yeah. there in, in and January. And he's a baby. He's like 18, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then potentially look at Liverpool again. Yeah. yeah obviously, what about, looking at um, Sep. What's, it, what's his face? Is it someone? Reese Williams. Um, I've got Reese Williams noted down because they're going to get an extra couple of centre-halves this summer. Well, they'll, he's, they'll be signing uh, Quebec, won't they? You would imagine. Mm, I don't know. They're on about, about the lad, aren't they? What about Davis back on that? Oh, come on, get real. <laughs> come on, mate. The money he's on now. Yeah, I'm taking Life changing him out. I'm taking Yeah, I have seen them calls though, like, oh, get yeah, Davis so back. I. Like, come on, mate. Just he's on gonna... that, what, what do you think the obsession is? I, I, I'm sure it's not just our fan base. I'm sure it's fans across football. But what do you think the obsession is with like old players and like former players and getting them back? I think it's like, I think some fans are just blinking to <laughs> the good times and think, oh, they'll come back and bring the good times with them. It's funny, like, because when I did my Lanks live piece last week, I've mentioned about how some fans still pine for the return of the King 15 years after he yeah, left on the helicopter. And it's like, we've just got to move on, haven't we? You know, we brought back Greza, obviously a fairy tale ending for him at 40, but, you Could know, that was... It, no, but, like, that was a fairy tale. You know, news coming back was not a fairy tale. You know, no. it, it ended quite sourly for him bless him and you know obviously we just brought back Greg in January obviously he's got another two years now but we'd never replace Greg we've replaced Greg with Greg so uh, but just an older and less fit version you know and hopefully he can get himself straight this summer and get his fitness sorted you know yeah. hopefully under Jacko that it, his fitness issues will will start becoming a thing of the past and he can get sort of 30 games under his belt in a season yeah, again. fingers crossed, because so. everyone that I've spoken to that's played for the club in recent times has waxed lyrical about Jacko yeah. and, and the work that he does. Uh, and I think it's no coincidence that he's probably been here since, what, Darren Ferguson? Before, oh, Darren before Ferguson? that, yeah. Uh, he'll have been here for years now. So, um, so yeah, hopefully Jacko can get him fit and, and ready for next season, so... Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big summer. When when you look at that list, obviously that's opinion. People might have different lists. People might have 15, 16 on their list. They might have less. They might have seven or eight. But, you know, if we're going off that list as a, as a podcast and we say that there's 12 there, then, you know, 25-man squad, you've got half a squad to find. It's a lot of work to do in the summer. Mm. It's a lot of content yeah. to produce for us. <laughs> The Accrington keeper impressed me today, Toby Savin. He's meant no, to be really highly rated. Oh no, no, he's only twenty. No, come on, oh, right. he's he's a slim lad. He's um, he looks really good. Twenty-year-old looks like a real good prospect. He's played over thirty games for the season. I know you look at the last keeper we got from Accrington and think, no, no, it won't well, be him. Technically speaking, he wasn't. He was from Borough. Yeah, he's on. He was on Accrington. Accrington. So yeah, I don't think we'll be bit by that one again. No. No, hey, I, I was thinking today with Peterborough coming up, we could have uh, a really interesting post-match Peterborough. I'm sorry, pre-match Peterborough podcast next season. Get Dara on. The character that is. <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? 
yeah, is um, it tickles me. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be a busy summer, very busy summer. I just think I, I just think like well, we need to do business as early as possible. Really, is it June yeah. the ninth? I think the window opens. No, not clear, mate. Um, All I know is that the Euros are on the end of August, so it's like just under three months it'll be open for. Obviously, we can we can announce players before the window opens, can't we? But they can only join officially. Until the first. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's gonna be a, a long few weeks, mate. But Very. yeah, get get next week out of the way. Our little wrap up show and uh, enjoy my decorating. Holiday time. Um, last point then before we finish, mate. Obviously, I don't know if every North End fan or every listener will have will have picked this up, but earlier, well, uh, yeah, uh, no, well, it'll be last week. <laughs> last week, um, there was something about North End are one of five clubs that are challenging or taking the EFL to court. I'm not sure exactly which one uh, about this new sort of. Uh, like it's a loan, isn't it, from MetLife, um, and yeah. the, the concerns surrounding it, and we've got on board. Uh, don't know, would you call him a heavy, a big name? Uh, we've got Nick DeMarco, who is going to be fighting in our corner, and he's the man that got Sheffield Wednesday's point deduction reduced to six. Is he from twelve? He's also. The man that managed to get Derby off with the stadium stuff as well, is he? No, that's not that's not confirmed yet. No, he's got him off the stadium piece, but the amortization piece, the EFL have appealed the decision on so that. So he has got him off the stadium thing. Yes, as far as I'm aware. But, right. So basically, to, to give guys Sorry, a bit of context, just, just, as just to, checking that I was right. That was all. I think you are, but it's late, mate. So I'm, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so to just give you a bit of context as to what's happening, um, it's not got to court yet. That's first and foremost, Jake. We're not, we're not in court yet. Yeah. Um, North End are uh, one of five clubs in the championship that are challenging the MetLife loan system, basically. So the agreement is that MetLife are putting a loan package together for EFL clubs to pay the HMRC bills and tax bills, VAT, etc. Um and it works out £117.5 million. The EFL TV deal, which this is um, backed against, basically, is around £118 million a year. So what North End and the other five championship clubs are challenging as part of this legal dispute is that should any of these clubs default on their payments, their repayments of the loan, for example, let's, let's not beat about the bush. Some of these clubs have already not yeah. paid. No, the, if they if, the, if they've not paid the tax, the... they've not paid the tax bill already, and not paid the tax man, and now they're using this loan to, to pay the tax man, basically, um, which isn't probably the best way to do business. You know, get a loan to pay the tax man, but then you're still going to have to pay the tax man pay next the... year as well as your loan. Yeah. So you're in a bit of a pickle at that point. Um, but basically, if any of these clubs default on the loan and not be able to pay it or go into administration, for example, then the basically the TV deal will pay for that money because that's what it's backed against. Now, that would then adversely affect North End. So, for example, if three clubs defaulted on their payments and it cost £20 million as a 
as a ballpark figure than the solidarity payments to every club in the EFL, not just Championship, but also League One and Two, would be reduced. So all those clubs, but yeah. So for example, North End might go from having a TV revenue of seven and a half million pound, which is what it's been on average for the past two three years, to five and a half million pound, six yeah. million pound, something around that figure. And North End are challenging it, rightly so, to say that although we're not taking the loan because we've paid our HMRC bill, we're, we're not in debt with HMRC. Our owner has, has provided the funds to pay the bills. Um, why should we be financially worse off? Of yeah, being, being punished for something that we've not done. Exactly, that we've not taken part of the credit. You know, we've not taken any credit from the MetLife loan system. Yeah, which I think it's a very fair argument. And you know, Nick DeMarco is probably the best in the business at what he does. Um, you know, he's an expert in financial fair play. He's had the AFL on the rocks a couple of times over the past. Year yeah, or so, they'll be sick of the sight of him, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, he played a really key role in the salary caps in League One and Two being taken away. You know, yeah. uh, he represented the PFA at that point in their legal case, and I think we've got probably the best in the business on our side from both our point of view, but also the other clubs that are challenging it within the Championship. And yeah, hopefully, it settles out of court, and hopefully that it doesn't get that far down the line. Because let's be honest, we don't need the legal bill between the, us and the other five clubs. Um, but I think it's the right thing to do from a, a moral perspective because Absolutely. if you think about it, why should a club that hasn't paid their HMRC bill be better off than us? You know, we've paid all our bills. Why should a, a, another club, and I don't want to say a, a club's name because I don't want to get, bring myself into disrepute or say something that I shouldn't do on here. I'm sure but people listening can think of one or two off the top of their heads. Clubs that haven't paid their HMRC yeah. bills, probably the same clubs that have yet to publish their club accounts that might be two years out of date, for example. And, you know, why should they be in a position where they can buy players, bring, bring players into the club, you know, offer them better contracts when we're scraping the barrel, you know, but playing by the rules. So I just think it's really key that the EFL start playing by the rules that they set because why should clubs pull the wool over their eyes and say that they're doing stuff when they're not? And don't mind the EFL have a part to play in this as well, you know, the fit and proper persons test. Thank goodness that started to work now because if you imagine Derby County had the, the fake shake owning them from a from the fit and proper persons perspective, you know, and you know, what happened to Wigan last year could have easily happened to them. Yeah. You know, same with this Spanish chap. You know, he has no proof of funds. You know, his his bank accounts are allegedly frozen. That's why he has no proof of funds. Jesus. You know, it's just an absolute mess. You know, I don't understand why Mel Morris, a successful businessman in his own right, is even trying to get into bed with these sort of people to get out of the club. You know, he only wants £5 million, apparently, but the, the debt to be taken on, it's like, that's not a great deal in terms of capital at this moment in time, but no. it's the debt they're taking on that's the big thing. You know, so... I'm sure that will come to an end probably over the next six months because if it doesn't, Derby are in serious financial trouble. Well, I'm sure people have seen Stan Collymore's tweet. They might not have done, but Stan Collymore allegedly earlier, well, last week, tweeted something about um, 
Derby could end up going the same way as Berry if they're not careful. And it was a, a tweet that was swiftly deleted. But as we said, when uh, everyone's favourite Evertonian police officer was on, once it's tweeted, it's generally screenshotted. Yeah, it's out in the public domain, isn't it? Yeah, so. exactly. But yeah, I just think it's um, it's really interesting someone from a financial point of view. So, you know, me as a bit of a numbers geek will be keeping a close eye on stuff this season because this summer because there could be clubs quite easily going to the wall, you know, in terms of administration, especially in the championship because if they do default on their payments and they, they can't foot the bills, you know, that's the way they're going to be going. And there is clubs out there that, you know, are still quite close to the brink, especially those that have that have been relegated this season from not just the championship, but leagues one and two. You know, yeah. Southend and Grimsby, you know, coming out of the football league, you know, they're on about putting a legal challenge in to try and stop them being relegated. That's how that's how yeah. that's how serious this is because if they go down, you know, the T V money is ground. Because the National League isn't having relegation itself. Right, okay. So what, are they just having extra clubs added? No, so two will come up and two will go down. So two will come down out of League 2, but two will go up out of the National League. But nothing nothing will come up out of uh, National League North and South. So what they're saying is, because they don't have a fair pyramid system at that point, from, I think they call it, um, is it Tier 5, is it? Whatever it is, uh, I forget how the tier system works. Um, from that tier so coming down from League 2 to, to National League so because there's nothing coming up to replace teams of any sort of ilk then why should we come down but yeah. if that challenge goes through then you could say the same about the whole Football League pyramid why is there any relegation it's but then you, you, you're going down the European Super League model route then aren't you which yeah. is just an, another podcast in itself well that's not one to get into at half nine on a Sunday night is it mate no, good old Mr. Perez is still digging himself a massive grave, isn't he? So. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think unless you've got anything else you want to add, mate, then wrap season penultimate episode up. Been up since four o'clock, mate, so I'm going to bed. Grand. Thank you very much, pal. Yeah, and thank you, listener, for listening to episode 55 of the From the Finney podcast. As I said at the start, if you head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney uh, and leave us a donation, that is massively appreciated. Uh, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, again, massively appreciated. Uh, keeps that five-star going. Or it would if you left us a five-star, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Nice one. Hello, this is Joe from Sugarstone, and this is our brand-new single, Angel Boy.
now Stupid as that sounds Just give me the patience now To find some common ground If your childish behavior Has left me broken down Thank you.